Growing up in the home that I grew up in, we had a television that was black and white. Three channels. And one of the programs that I remember as a child that was on all the time was Twilight Zone. Rod Serling had a fixation. I don't know if it was a phobia, but it's obvious it stayed on his mind. Many of those episodes dealt with somebody who just wished that everybody else would leave them and that everybody would leave them alone. And before they knew it, they were left alone. They would walk the streets of New York City and abandoned cars, empty buildings, and the madness that would be created as a result of not having other people around us. So the next time you're with people that are driving you crazy, just switch your brain on to Twilight Zone and say, this is better than being left alone. With that being in mind, we have been reminded as we're doing life on purpose, the importance of understanding we were created for connections, to share life with each other. We do that in so many ways. We do that as we go dining out. We do that on dates. We do that uh, in sports. We do that in just chit-chat. Sometimes you're doing it in person. Sometimes you're texting, but we are connecting with others. What we have to remember is this. Those relationships, for them to be healthy, depends solely upon us. That doesn't mean other people are going to play well with you. How many are work with at least one other person that doesn't play well with others? Yeah, images come to mind. But again, the responsibility comes back to us. How are we going to react in the situation? I want you to turn with me to James chapter 2, verse 8. Stand with me as we just read this one verse, and then keep your finger there because we're going to come back to James before we're finished. James 2 and 8 simply says, If you really fulfill the law according to the Scripture." The royal law, according to Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then notice, you are doing well. How many wants to do well? Then give the Lord thanks right now with that hand. Thank you. Lord. You may be seated. You're doing well when you're loving your neighbors. You're doing well when you love your neighbors that are good-looking people. You're doing well if you love your neighbors and they're not so pretty. You're doing well if you love your neighbors when they're behaving well. You're loving them when they're not behaving well and their dog's barking at you. The responsibility is on us to love our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? It's not just those who live in the apartment next to us or the house next to us across the street. It's everybody that we come in contact with. This is a huge responsibility. 
I'm going to tell you right now, this message is going to speak to every one of us. It's going to remind us of things. And it's probably going to be one of the most foundational messages ever. And you're going to think, well, it's pretty simplistic, Pastor. It's really kind of just just entry-level stuff. But I don't think so. It's something that we overlook constantly. The importance of the royal law and loving our neighbors. And if we do that, it's going good. It's going well. What's going well? Everything. So, with that in mind, we have to come to this thing called relationships. And the Bible gives us a divine order. A divine order. We know it. Found in Deuteronomy 6. When it begins there, telling us, quote, If we will love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our might, strength. If you'll go back there, you'll notice that those verses say the same thing, then it will go well with you. Wow. So here we have Old Testament, New Testament witnesses speaking to us about our lives, living them on purpose. Is it going well for me? What is the divine order? Well, New Testament says, the royal law says to love neighbor. But the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, says we are to love God with everything in us. So when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? You know this. Then he answered the young man to love God with all your might, all your mind, all your strength, your whole being. But Jesus didn't stop there. He bridged both worlds and love your neighbor as yourself. There is the divine order. Love God, love others, your neighbor, and love self. They're intertwined. But we've got to understand this thing that is so foundational, that sounds oversimplistic, is absolutely the answer to all relationships. Now, I'm not a clinician. I'm not a psychologist. I've been accused of looking like Dr. Phil many times in my life. And I did stay in a Holiday Inn Express last week. However, this is absolutely the key to success in relationships. Getting the divine order. In other words, loving God isn't just saying I attend religious services on the weekend. That's a part, but it's not the whole. It's learning that secret to love God. Here here we see Moses, the lawgiver, talking to people. God has directly talked to him. He's now telling the people, this is what God is saying to an entire nation of people. And you're going into your promised land. It'll go well with you if you love me, God. With everything you've got. To love me in the desert, getting there, and love me once the milk and honey's flowing. To keep me first. Jesus comes back and teaches us to seek first the kingdom. It is keeping God first. But most of us have realized that's not as easy as it sounds. Because life comes at us. 
And when it comes to us, sometimes we're meeting people that are absolutely getting on our last nerve. Can I hear an amen? amen? Are we thinking about God when we want to tear that person's face off? Probably not. I'm telling you, this is life changing. When we get it right, I want, I want it to go well with me. How do I do that? I've got to love God and I've got to love my neighbor. And notice it doesn't say love God like we love ourselves, love our neighbor as we love ourselves. When you put this all together, we realize, again, oh, Pastor, we know these scriptures. Let's go on to something we don't know. And yet, everything we get involved in relationally pivots on this divine order. I wonder how many of us can think of, of jobs that we, we, we thought we wanted, we desired it. Not only the pay scale, but it's, it's what I was trained for. It's what I was educated for, or it's where my fit is. And it's, it looks so promising. It started well, but then something went wrong. What about some of the dates? Think, you can go back to middle school, high school, whatever, but you might be thinking of last week. Just because you're an adult doesn't mean you don't date anymore. And you can be married, still have dates. Amen. Amen. And it, 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 it looked promising, looked like it was going to be a great date. It started off well, but something went wrong. I wonder about marriages. You going to go there, Pastor? Yeah, I'm going to go there. It looked promising. It started off well, but something went wrong. Friendships. Oh, I just met somebody. And you got to tell the people, I just met the most wonderful person in the world. We have so much in common. Oh, we're just talking so fast right now because we're so excited and so happy. It started off great, but then something went wrong. I had this friend for years and years and years. It, it was long term. It was great. And then something went wrong. This divine order has to be checked at all times. Because, again, we started off sharing we're created for relationships. We're created for fellowship. We're created to commune one with another and with God. And he keeps coming back to the same position. These relationships, for them to be healthy, is dependent upon me. Sure, other things get involved. But how am I living? Am I living on purpose? I don't know about you, maybe this will help somebody. I, I know this is a stretch, but there have been people in my life that haven't liked me. I, I know it's a shock. <laughs> when I first got into ministry, I was too young to know anything. Now I'm too old to know anything relationally. I've had those people just let me know, I don't like you. I don't like where you're from. I don't like that you got the vote and I didn't. I don't like you, and the list just goes on. How many have had situations like that? And in most of the situations, the problem is in them, not you, but they are transferring it to you, right? Amen. How do we react to that? 
I'll just give them a piece of my mind. How did that go? This divine order. When I'm in check with God, if I love God. You see, that sounds so simple. But how many of us have conquered that thing? Does God stay in our mind at all times? This is why, again, the simplest promotion of Grace Life Church is to know, grow, show. To grow. The most natural thing for a believer to do is to grow. The more you're in the Word, the more you're going to grow. The more you pray, the more you're going to grow. The more that you connect, the more that you serve, you're going to grow. All these things are designed to grow us. So, you've been waiting for this. Turn to somebody and say, you need to grow up. Now, typically, we use this expression when we feel like they are beneath us and they're acting immature. But I want you to see that actually we're talking about we need to grow up. It is a good word. This visual mind of mine sees things, and I just asked Lauren to pull it off for me. To grow up. Again, the scripture keeps supporting that. To set your affections on things which are up. When we understand relationships, that divine order, the first thing is to look up. When you look at the Ten Commandments, it speaks of the intersection of these both passages when the first four of them are speaking about relationship up with God. The next six are relationally going out to our neighbor. Wow, it's good, isn't it? This divine order just keeps speaking to us. It keeps speaking to us. So turn to James again, chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. Again, how many loves James? Then you just get in your stuff. Notice closely, he's going to talk about persecution, but notice how it ends. It's going to give us a good word. Count it all joy, my brothers, sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That's when it's going well for you. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, don't look at the person next to you, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. And here it is, he's double-minded and unstable in his ways. There's the great mistake. When we become double-minded. We call it multitasking. (laughs) 
Told you it's foundational today, but it's strong. It isn't creating us to be some simpleton that nobody else can relate to. It is getting this divine order and understand everything I get involved in has to deal with God in my life. When I keep that relationship healthy, when I'm walking in full obedience to his law, his word, his command, his will, it's going well with me. He gives me the strength when things around me are falling apart because I have him in my life. When I keep that relationship, when I'm growing up in him, it gives me the strength, the wisdom, the hope, the perseverance to make everything else work. I don't know about you, maybe it'll help you, but back to the, the spoiler alert that there, I've met people in my life that didn't like me. I can't say I'm perfect, no way. But in many of the situations, especially when ministry is involved, I would pray, God help me. What can I do? What can I say? And it would become a challenge for me to win them over. I wanted them not to, not to be a people pleaser per se, but what is it, God? There's an impasse between us. Give me wisdom how to reach this person. The payoff is when someone comes back and said, you know, when I first met you, I didn't like you. And you get to get just that little simple smile on your face. I know, but I like you now. It's dependent upon growing up in him, of realizing the royal law can't escape, that you also have to love your neighbor. That's when it goes well. Is this making sense to anybody? You see how every day this is and why so many of these other relationships go wrong they started well, we're promising, but they fell apart because when problems happen, what do we do most of the time? We fixate on the circumstances of the moment and we forget to grow up in our thoughts. Mm. Again, this double-mindedness doesn't mean that you can't multitask in life with responsibility, but what it's speaking about is letting Earthly things control our thoughts that take away from keeping this relationship right. Now we're torn. In many cases, we're finding ourselves torn to these situations instead of, but his word says, I'm going to trust God at his word. I know circumstances, feelings, there's the big word today, aren't really lining up the way I want them to right now, but God's word is faithful. If the heavens and earth pass away and his word won't pass away, I better hold on to his word. Amen. It's an illustration I heard this many, many years ago, and I actually heard it on the radio this week as I was just flipping through there, and it, it just speaks to the moment. And it was a, a situation where a father was having some important people over at his home for a party, and uh, he couldn't find a babysitter for his six-year-old boy. So... He just told the boy, now listen, I, I've got important people here in the dining room. You just go back and play in your room and everything will be fine. But how many knows a little six-year-old boy doesn't know how to sit still very long? 
And the little boy just kept interrupting and would come in, Daddy, I want to show you this. Daddy, I want to show you that. Yeah, but son, I'm talking to these big people here, you know, and you talk to them. Finally, in his irritation, Dad said, I know what I'm going to do. And he took his son back in the next room and said, I'm going to give you a project. He pulled out a magazine, scanned through there, and found a picture of the globe of the earth. And he took some scissors out, and he cut it up in a bunch of pieces, scrambled them together, said, son, this is a puzzle. I want you to put the puzzle back together, and, and then you can come back and talk to me. Dad's walking to the next room thinking, this is fine. It'll take him forever to do that. In just a few minutes, his son came back in the room, and there was the picture all put back together. His dad was amazed, actually. Son, I, I, I thought it would take you longer. He said, well, Daddy, one of the pieces was turned over, and I noticed it was a different picture, and so I flipped them all over, and it was a picture of a man, and when I put the man back together, I turned, the, and the world came together as well. Kind of speaks, doesn't it? Our world can turn upside down, but when you get the guy right, the gal right, the world will come out all right as well. Because the operative word is God promises it'll go well with you. In Hosea chapter 7, verse 8, this is, this is one of them verses that if you have a, a visual mind, oh my gosh, I, I just find myself laughing at it. And it speaks to Ephraim. And Ephraim is disobedient in the command of God. He no longer was just relating to God's law. He was trying to be politically correct. And with the things that they were doing that was against God's law, Ephraim had found himself polluted, mixed in his thoughts. Hosea 7 and 8 says it this way, Ephraim is a cake not turned over. What does that mean? Get ready for it. That means Ephraim, you're half-baked. I can hear my wife right now because that's an expression she heard as a child growing up. And sometimes even the dog, if she's like, you're a half-baked hoodlum. You're a cake not turned over. You see, what happens when you take that cake and you're putting it on the fire, when you're putting it on the griddle, and it's smelling good and it looks great and everything's going well? It sounds like our relationships. It looked promising. It started well. But if you don't turn it over, what happens? It just burns. And the other side never gets cooked. And it's unedible. Boy, that's a preach, won't it? You're double-minded. You got your mind off the process. So you see, this growing up in our thoughts, this growing up in obedience, this growing up in relationship here helps us to now grow out and fulfill the royal law. And not only there, but it also helps us in the great secret to grow inward. To really learn how to love self. That divine order is there. He keeps saying to us, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, 
I'll abide in you as well. I want you to stand with me today.